Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Welcome in a Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. We do this each weekday live at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. And what a week this is. I know the weather's getting a little cold and it may not be fall-like as much anymore, but basketball season is here. Today is the first official practice for high school teams in our state, which means we're very close to getting our high school basketball coverage underway. Uh, each uh, Every other day or so, we've been previewing uh, with a different coach, a different team from across the area. That will continue this week as well. And today we've got a very busy show because coming up here in just a moment as we take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, we've got Zach Osterman of the Indy Star joining us here in segment number one. Then we're going to go to Bloomington in segment two and attempt to bring you audio from Coach Woodson's press conference. He's expected to take the podium around 11.20 today if you're listening to the show live, and so we'll have that for you, we think. And then uh, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, current IHSA Executive Board member, uh, he'll be with us later in the program as we talk local sports, and there's a lot to get to. New Albany football won a sectional championship, their first in 19 seasons on Friday night, and they move on to the regional round and so much more to get to as well. Let's bring in Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Zach is with us Mondays and uh, coming on a little early today so we can try to p- pick up the Coach Woodson press conference. Zach, I want to talk some IU hoops with you with the season starting Tuesday night and we got to talk IU football as well but a little breaking news in the last hour or so that the NCAA has released a new version of its constitution that's going to give more powers to the different divisions and the different schools across the country. I've not had a chance to dive too deep into it, but given all the changes and lots of criticism in recent years about the college sports governing body, this doesn't catch me by surprise at all. No, and and to be honest, I haven't had time to dig super deep into it yet either. Um, I think it's pretty clear that the NCAA would like a sort of future governance structure wherein essentially is alleviated of a lot of responsibilities. And I think there have been times when the association has pushed back on that. You think about autonomy and realignment and things like that. But I think there's, I think there's a couple purposes coming through here. And again, I I don't want to speak too much before I had the time to to dive more fully into this. Um, But I think there's, I think there's a couple things that drive this. Number one is probably just a recognition that this is going to happen. You know, that, that, um, the, the you know Division One, certainly the FBS, the football playing Division One schools, and obviously in particular your 
power five schools um, have been pulling further and further away. I mean, to the extent that for whatever reason, they just decided to stop calling themselves the power five and start calling themselves the autonomy five. That felt like a bit of a flex, um, probably an unnecessary one, but it tells you where their headspace is and it tells you, you know, kind of, I think what, what they think, frankly, of kind of the who should be calling the shots in the future. And this is maybe a little bit of the NCAA acknowledging that. And, you know, the other piece of it, too, um, the NCAA really has found itself and probably will for a little bit here continue to find itself kind of in the legal crosshairs over some things. The more of this responsibility you abdicate, the more you can look at you know, legal challenges to potential rules or what have you and say, well, that's, that's not our purview anymore. Take that up with this person or this person or this person. And listen, some of this is, this, some of this is also just practical. I think it, it is fair, the NCAA's position that, that, you know, the sort of one size fits most approach that it had taken throughout a lot of its history just simply wasn't adequate any longer. Um, you know, the, the idea that you could lump rules together that would be, you know, fit for both, I don't know, I think Wabash is Division Three, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, and, and Notre Dame. It, it just, that just doesn't wash. Um, and so there, there's a practicality element to this too, but I think that it, it, there's, there's also a lot of sort of self-function, maybe self-awareness involved here of the NCAA saying that let's get out ahead of the hangman a little bit on some of these issues. And I should note that that right now, just a draft version, 18 and a half pages is the new Constitution, at least the draft version, and that is down from 43 pages. And I guess that work, I saw a story from the AP, has taken place over the last three months under the direction of current NCAA President Mark Emmert. So going to be interesting to follow this story. Obviously, this coming out just as the college basketball season is beginning, and that's where I want to spend some time with you before we go to Bloomington and hear from Coach Woodson. But before we get to basketball, real quick on football. Uh, obviously, another disappointing weekend. I think we saw it coming against a good Michigan team on the road for IU. And Zach Osterman wrote about this, or I should say Dustin Dopirak, I'm sorry, your, your colleague league wrote about this this weekend and when I saw the headline uh you know I kind of I kind of thought man I I've been thinking and wondering the same thing but can this lack of success and this disappointment from what IU football was projected to be able to have the chance to do this season can it create a downward spiral that maybe sends the program back in the wrong direction is that uh fair to say about this season and how bad it's been so far and how bad this thing could finish up I mean, I think it certainly could, and and I think that I guess the, the 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 sort of contention that I would make, and Dustin and I discussed this at even greater length on our podcast last night. Shameless plug for that, but um, is that that's probably always going to be the case for programs like Indiana? Um, that that I, I don't know that there's ever a time where a program like Indiana is ever completely safe from either A, a season like this one where things just kind of get out of hand and everything just sort of seems to go wrong and fall apart, or B, um, completely safe from the idea that, that you know, the, the, the floor will just never fall out from under them, if that makes any sense. And I think the kind of what the, the bigger question is, 
is how does Indiana – basically, how does Tom Allen recover from this? And when I say recover, I don't mean he's in danger of getting fired or anything insane like that. But what I mean is, you know, he had four really good seasons that if you kind of put them all – if you stack them one after the other and you look at the way that the program progressed, you know, recruiting, staffing, development, results, it was very, very good work. And, you know, I think the one thing that Dustin and I disagreed on a little bit in our podcast last night was Dustin sort of saying this was the year that was supposed to be the payoff. I actually think last year was the payoff. And I know COVID was a weird year, and, and there's, there's an element to which people will dismiss parts of it, you know, going forward. But it's not like it came out of nowhere for Indiana, the, the season that they had. Um, I think what this year was was the opportunity to – and I said this many times in the offseason and the preseason, the opportunity to shore up a lot of that, to, to, to sort of cement the floor underneath you a little bit more firmly so that you could absorb a, you know, a three and nine season here and there, like Northwestern, for example, tends to do, and not have anyone beating down the door demanding to know what's gone wrong and, and how many heads are going to roll to fix it. Um, and I think that's, that's the trick that Indiana's missed here. And I think that it, it by no means does this completely stunt the progress that Indiana's made in the last few years. Does it, you know, somehow rob Tom Allen of all hope of continuing to, to improve Indiana in the long term? But I think what it does is now here for the first time, um, Allen's taken a real shot to the face, you know, metaphorically speaking. The, 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 he's kind of gotten knocked down in a way that he hasn't before. Um, in his previous four years in Bloomington as head coach, and, and maybe even five years if you want to go back to his one season as defensive coordinator. How does he handle that? Because I think there are some difficult conversations that need to be had this offseason, and, and I don't want to get into, oh, this person should be fired, and this person should be promoted, and this needs to happen, and that needs to happen. But there are going to be some tough conversations, and not just the ones that I think you know message board posters fly off the handle and scream about in the third quarter of an ugly loss. I'm thinking about, you know, even maybe having to look at some guys, players that he's he's really rolled with for three, four years and say, listen, if you come back, I'll make a place for you. But I want you to know that, you know, that's not your job anymore. Somebody passed you this year or you didn't do enough to keep it or whatever it may be. There's going to have to be some really difficult conversations had in Bloomington, you know, this, this off season. Um, and a lot of them are going to have to be led by Tom Allen. And that is just sort of a, a – that is something he has not had to do yet. And it's not to say he can't do it. It's just to say that now that it's kind of his turn, now that it's his time, um, we need to know how does he handle that. You know, how, how, how can he make that work? Because it, that is going to kind of define where this goes next. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, my guest talking some IU football. We're awaiting Coach Woodson to take the podium in Bloomington, so it's a good chance to transition to some hoops with you, Zach, for a moment. This IU team is going to open up the season on Tuesday night. They had, I guess you could call it a final public opportunity in the preseason for them to showcase their abilities a bit, play in front of some fans, and Coach Knight was in attendance as well. It looked like a big festive-type uh, festive atmosphere where you know autographs and pictures 
pictures and things like that with a lot of kids and Hoosier fans took place. Uh, this Indiana team, with all the discussion that you and I have had on Mondays about Coach Woodson and new additions and where this team is at and uh, so many things about coming players coming back for this season, uh, as we basically are on college basketball eve today, uh, your final thoughts in the preseason on this Indiana team and on expectations for Hoosier fans who are so much ready for a change in Bloomington and so much ready for this program to even slowly build back to where it was. Yeah, I mean, I think I think all that anticipation, I think that assessment is fair in terms of just kind of where the fan base is, where the anticipation is right now around this program. I think I think for from Indiana's perspective, the, the one thing that really the more the closer the season has gotten and the more it kind of has has come into focus, I think Indiana has scheduled really well. You know, the, these first I think six games before they go to Syracuse at the end of the month, uh, an opportunity. Obviously, St. John's is in there. There's a couple others in there. That if you look at the Kim Palm preseason rankings, you say, well, maybe that's a maybe that's a little bit tricky, or maybe that's a bit of a challenge. Um, but there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Indiana to kind of fail here in the first few games without worrying about falling flat on their face and, and a lot of opportunities to tinker and experiment and say, does this work? Does that work? They've obviously already gotten some of that, you know, to, to, to be fair, having gone to the Bahamas, but there's going to be kind of even more just sort of, you know, chance to experiment and, you know, interchange some things and let Mike Woodson sort of work through, well, I have these plans and these ideas, but I need to make sure that they work in practice the way they work in theory when I'm drawing them up on a whiteboard or in my head or whatever. I think this is a year, as good as this team potentially can be, to have kind of this soft opening. New head coach, new staff, a lot of new faces. I think a fair bit of potential. I, I do think this team could be a top five, top six team in the Big Ten and an easy sort of NCAA tournament entrant, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that this is this is not the sort of team you want challenged with a bunch of difficult games right away. I think this this schedule was constructed well, and I think it's going to give us the chance, give them the chance to try some stuff, and give us the chance to really kind of evaluate some things in in a bit of a sort of what probably feels a little bit like a safe kind of laboratory setting um, before they have to obviously gear up at the end of November for Syracuse, those two Big Ten games in Notre Dame. Yeah, absolutely. Zach Osterman, our guest, he's with us on Mondays. Zach, thanks for setting that up for uh, Coach Woodson. We're going to catch his press conference that begins here in just a few moments, and we'll talk with you uh, next Monday. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much, Zach, with us to start the program. And a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel Every day, and I'm watching on my computer screen uh, for the press conference in Bloomington. It looks like we're just a few moments away from getting started. But a couple other headlines I wanted to mention. New Albany football uh, getting a big victory. It was a thrilling football game. One of the first football games I'd been to this season. I think I only made it out to two or three games live and in person and a great environment, really cold, but man, New Albany lucky and came storming back to win that one at the very end in thrilling fashion. Also a note on Sean East. 
He is averaging 21 points a game, seven rebounds, and six assists in his first just two junior college games so far at Logan. Remember, we had his coach on a few weeks ago. Started at UMass, averaged basically almost double figures there, uh, or I should say at Bradley last season is when he almost averaged the double figures after starting his career at UMass. Could be a potential JUCO All-American, and uh, we are waiting for Coach Woodson to speak, and here we go. Here is Coach Woodson with his final preseason press conference leading up to the game on Tuesday night. How are we doing, Coach? Good. Hey. Michael L. Yeah, doing okay. okay, we're going to go um, Alex with the first question. <clears throat> hey, Mike, I'm just curious. Uh, tomorrow, health-wise, how is everybody doing? Who is there anybody you expect to be out? And specifically, Michael Durr, what's kind of his status going into the first game? I'm going to know more today. Uh you know, he, he scrimmaged a little yesterday with us. We had a nice little workout with him and Tamar Bates. Um, so, you know, we'll know more today after we get out of practice in terms of where the status of both of those guys. Bob Kravitz. Yeah, hi, Mike. Um, I'm curious, well, two things. First, how many friends and family will you have at the game tomorrow night? Oh. And second... What are, are your emotions heading into this game any different than they were, say, you know, heading into your first game with the Knicks or the Hawks or any other any other team? I don't know. You know, you've been doing this so long. You know, I'm, you know, I'm excited about the game because, you know, I haven't been in that atmosphere in a long, long time, man. And to be able to step back out on that floor in front of the fans that's going to come out and support us. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, what do I coach and it's all about these players and trying to get them to, to play at a, a high level, compete at a high level and, um, and win, you know, but that's, that's only my focus. You know what I mean? I think when I walk out on the floor and I see the fans, um, that's going to be nice. But And it looks like we're having some problems with our connection, our internet connection, uh, getting to Bloomington for this press conference. We'll go back to that if we get the opportunity to do so. But Mike Woodson speaking to the media, and right out of the gate, his first uh, comments uh, that uh, Michael Durr and Tamar Bates could be out uh, for tomorrow. Uh, I did not hear the full statement. We were trying to get things tuned up here for you guys. But we'll rejoin the broad, the uh, press conference of Coach Woodson now. Kevin. Yeah, Coach, I'm just curious uh, what you took from the close scrimmage against Belmont uh, in terms of uh, players picking up concepts, uh, rotation, so forth. And what kind of progress are you looking forward from that uh, in the opener against Eastern Michigan? Well, you know, I'm just gauging everything on, you know, from the time we started, uh, which has been a little over four and a half, almost five months ago, and uh, the two games we had in the Bahamas and then and then the Belmont scrimmage, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we've made some, some ma major progress, but again, we still have a long way to go, I mean, um, 
it's hard to really gauge your team when you got guys that are in and out, you know, doing that stretch. You know, we had Xavier out for a little while. We had Miller out for some time uh, prior to coming back from the Bahamas when he got hurt over there. Um, and then Big Mike and, and Tamar Bates has been out. So it's really hard to gauge where your team is when, you know, the, these are four guys that are, a big piece of the puzzle, you know, that you brought in that we bought in to, to really help us win basketball games. So, you know, we getting some of the bodies back. Um, couple of, like I said, Big Mike and T Tamar, you know, we got to gauge them today to see, you know, where they are based on practice yesterday. And, um, you know, I'm not in a rush to bring anybody back off for injury. I mean, this is the long season and uh, I just want to make sure those guys are, good and ready to go for the Big Ten. Any areas of specific improvement that you want to see or anything that concerns you going into the season? Well, I mean, again, you know, when you talk about concerns, you just hope that guys are attaining, obtaining things that you've taught them. And, you know, I think we're, we're getting better in that area. Um, uh, but only time will tell. I mean, it's hard to gauge. You know, they go after each other in practice, and practice has been so competitive, man. Uh, but it's hard to gauge it until you actually play play another an, an opponent. And um, I just want to make sure that our defense stays on par in terms of where it's been. And, um and offensively, we can continue to grow as a team because I just don't think we're where we need to be offensively yet, but we're getting there. Alec? Hey, Coach. Yeah, you just mentioned uh, briefly about you guys still aren't where you want to be offensively. Uh, obviously, a lot of the talk this offseason has been about the defensive intensity and, and the teaching that way. How have you guys grown since kind of day one offensively? And potentially, where do you guys see yourself when you are fully healthy in terms of offensive potential? Well, again, I mean, we, you know, we've added a lot of different sets, and, you know, and, you know, I think when, you, when you're building a team, man, it's, it's just getting guys to understand how to play with each other offensively. And, you know, the game has changed a little bit, man. I mean, you know, trying to teach guys to play without the ball and sacrifice the ball when you when you got it in your hands. It ain't always got to be me, me, me. Um, knowing, you know, everybody's position on the floor, knowing who who's who can make shots and who can't make shots. Uh, we know Trace is going to be our low post and Big Mike, our low post presence, and you know we got to know when to play through those guys and still be able to execute offense around them to, in order to be a good offensive team. I mean, those, those are the things that I'm searching for right now. And um, again, in time, uh, you know, we'll know more about our ball club as we go along, but um, in order to be a good offensive team, you gotta, you gotta make sacrifices, man. And you know, a lot of these guys, they, Individually, you know, they always think you, I can do it, or you know, this guy can do it, and I get that. You know, hell, I was an offensive player; I understand that part of it. But after 
you know, the way it's played today, man, you got to sacrifice it a little bit more and make sure that everybody's involved. Tom. Mike, just to correct you on that number of friends you'll have, it's going to be about 17,000 because you're everybody's friend now. <laughs> but uh, uh, I wanted to ask you if you know uh, who's uh, who's going to start for you uh, tomorrow night. And then since we've last seen you in the last month or so, who's uh, uh, who's maybe stepped up to uh, maybe be a bit of a pleasant surprise for you in practice? Well, again, practice has been so competitive, but I'm going to stay with the same lineup that we've we've taken into the Bahama games uh, with Trey, Trace. I mean, Race, Trey. Um, Parker, Miller, and Xavier. Um, and we've kind of started that way all three games. And, and it's been some positive and some negatives. Uh, but I think our, our rotating guys, guys that are coming off, have gotten better, man. I mean, they are pushing practice um, every day, man. And that's, that's a bonus, man, because, you know, it, it makes the first unit compete. And, uh, you know, the guys like Rob and Gallo and even Logan and, you know, Geronimo, guys like that, you know, they are they're pushing practice. Anthony, I mean, it's kind of been a nice mixture. So, you know, I'm just anxious to see, you know, where we are as a ball club as a whole um, once we uh, jump it up tomorrow night. Jeff. Hey, Coach. Thanks for your time. Um, I was wondering, who, who are two or three guys who have really made big jumps? I don't mean guys like Trace who, you know, are already at that level. But who are two or three guys since you took over who have made substantial jumps? I think Rob, uh, Geronimo, even young Christian has had his moments. Um, you know, this is kind of a year for him where he's, you know, he's in that learning mode. But, uh, you know, he's had his moments of flashes. Uh, I would probably say those three more than any anybody, really, because, uh, you know, those guys didn't. Rob's played a whole lot, but Geronimo has played spotty minutes, and, and Christian didn't really play much. At all, he played a little bit here and there, but um, I think they've gotten a little bit better since we've since we've started. And, and overall, with kind of where you guys are at early in the season, is this a team that's going to have to outscore people to win? Basically, win on the offensive end, or are you guys going to kind of need to really defend your way to wins early in the year? Well, again, you know, our identity right now, when I look at the three games that we played has been on the defensive end and and <clears throat> make no mistake about it. I mean, guys, we, you got to play defense in order to win. And, and even when you get to the Big Ten, it's going to be that way. The teams that really defend and get after you a little bit are the teams that put themselves in position to win at a high level. And um, I don't care what level you play at, you know, your defense has got to be pretty solid. And, um, right now we are, like I said, our defense is a little bit ahead of our offense right now, So, and which I, I kind of like. Okay, Mike Schumann, then we'll finish up with Zach. 
Yeah, hey, Coach, you, you mentioned rotations. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned the starting five. Do you have a sense for how deep you'll go into the bench, assuming you got close games here early on, and do you imagine that that's going to tighten up as the season progresses? Well, again, I mean, I've, I've always asked my staff when I when I got here, you know, what are most colleges and how deep do most teams in college basketball go? And a lot of them, you know, said, you know, eight nine guys some teams go seven you know what i mean i love to build a team where you can go as deep as 10 uh because then you don't burn guys out and uh, by the time you get to the big 10 everybody's fresh and, and feeling feeling good about themselves and uh i don't know if we're there in terms of uh being able to go 10 yet um but somehow we got to work mike and tamar bates back in in uh, into the mix because you know again they're big pieces to the puzzle as well and and if they're able to hold their own and and add to what we got we probably could go nine or ten you just never know. Zach, hey, Mike, uh, I just to kind of follow up on sort of what what Jeff asked a couple of questions ago. I was just sort of curious, especially in these these early games, and, and as you said, as you maybe kind of bring a couple guys back in as they get healthy. What are the marker points for you in terms of, I know every team's going to be a work in progress in November and December, but the marker points for you that when you look at team-wide performance, you say, I see progress there. I see us, I see the fundamentals of what we need to be doing right working and the guys buying into that and, and really embracing that. What are kind of the things that maybe for you track success early on here as the team evolves in the early part of the season? Well, again, uh, the fact that, you know, everybody's playing pick and roll basketball. You, you know, your pick and roll defense has got to be sharp. Um, so I'm constantly looking at that and looking at our rotations and our guys in proper position to help when there's breakdowns defensively. Uh, that's always uh, major uh, when you go into ball games. And then offensively, I'm just trying to see if guys can learn how to play with each other without dominating the ball, you know what I mean? We're going to run a bunch of pick and rolls, but, you know, if it ain't there, I'm, I'm hoping guys can sacrifice the ball. I'm kind of forcing them to do that, and 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 the next guy might have to make the play. But um, that's been work in progress, and uh, I just got to keep, keep at it and, and get these guys comfortable in terms of how we want to play our offense. All right, coach. Thank you. And we'll see the rest of you guys at two with uh, Tracy. All right. That is uh, Mike Woodson just before the uh, game in Bloomington tomorrow, uh, his final press conference of the preseason. And the next time we hear from him, uh, it'll be after the Hoosiers have played a game. So some interesting takeaways I think from that press conference, first and foremost, he did confirm that the lineup, the starting lineup, will look the same as what it did in the Bahamas. Race Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, uh, Xavier Johnson, uh, also uh, Miller Cop, and uh, Parker Stewart will make up the starting five 
for IU per Coach Woodson just moments ago. Also interesting to hear him talk about Rob Finnessy and Jordan Geronimo and young Christian Lander, as he calls him, uh, that saying they maybe have been the players since he and his staff have been in Bloomington uh, that have made the uh, the biggest jumps so far. So uh, some interesting stuff there from Coach Woodson in advance of the first home game tomorrow. Said he would have 30 to 40 friends and family May, I'm assuming most from out of town there to uh, see his first game as IU coach, which I'm sure is special for him. But it, it's hard to believe the college basketball season is here. Uh, I was looking at the schedule when uh, things start up tomorrow. Actually, there are some afternoon games tomorrow beginning as early as 3 p.m. But just a lot of interesting games tomorrow night. Nothing that really moves the needle as far as a big, big-time college game. I know you've got uh, some of the games with Kentucky and others that play tomorrow night. Those are obviously big. But, I mean, even Bellarmine is at Purdue tomorrow night. That is an interesting game. I guess one of the the big games from a Big Ten perspective would be Kansas taking on Michigan State, that game taking uh, place in Madison Square Garden. So I think we're all uh, in celebration mode that college basketball is here. And uh, good to hear from Coach Woodson. I'm glad we could work that out and bring it to you here. I thought you would enjoy that uh, the day before his first game. It's not often that his press conferences match up with our live show but it did today, and I wanted to take full advantage of that. We'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. When we come back, Chad Gilbert is my guest. We'll talk local sports. New Albany wins a football sectional championship and a lot more to get to here on this Monday program on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad is the athletic director at Charlestown High School. He also is on the IHSAA executive board. Chad, today, the first day of practice, official practice, that is, for boys' basketball teams in the state of Indiana. You've been a coach on both the girls' and the boys' side. Just a special feeling, kind of like, uh, I don't know, like the, the night before Christmas feeling on Sunday night when you know you're waking up Monday and you've got your first official practice. And not long after these opening practices and tryouts, uniforms will be handed out, shoes will be given away, and before you know it, we'll be talking about scrimmages and opening games during that week of Thanksgiving. At this point, you can all but say the season, Chad, has arrived. Matt, let's rewind to a year ago. We're worried if we're going to get a state tournament in, you know, uh, if we're going to be able to play all our games during the season to where we are now on the cusp of starting a normalcy, you know, back to games, indoor games with uh, fans. And you think about that, like you said, I've been out now, this is going on nine years that I've been out of coaching, Matt. And the anticipation you have before that first practice of everything that goes through, that it just, you know, it keeps you up on Sunday night. You know, you got all these coaches started practice last night. The way it is now, Matt, 
with limited contact, two days of practice, two times a week for two hours at a time, anything you want goes. These guys are a little bit ahead of the game when it was in because, you know, you had exactly X amount of days before your first scrimmage and you knew what you needed to have in. And you think about your side OBs, your press offense, your under OBs, your zone offense, your man offense, even your pregame warm-up. All that stuff had to be condensed. Where now coaches have been doing this long enough, they've got things spread out a little bit where they kind of know where they're at. I would think, you know, when I coached Matt, the two hardest days, were one, the first two days of practice because those were when cuts had to be made. You know, I can remember making cuts of kids who went to basketball camp, you know, from the fifth grade on. That's hard to do. That's hard for coaches, hard for kids, hard for players. So that that was always one of the hardest days of practice and the last game because the guys that you had went to war with that year, the, the ones that you went to battle with, the ones who believed in you, believed in your system, believed in each other, that that year came to an end, and we had a lot of successful years, but we only had one year that we won our last game, and that that, that that's hard to do in coaching because you put so much effort, so much time, and so much of your heart into it, and when you have great teams, your players they reciprocate, they put that same effort, that same heart, that same uh, execution, that same. Uh, sacrifice in order to win so it's something that's a, a fun time of the year and i hope that everyone involved the coaches the parents especially the players enjoy the journey you know and enjoy everything's involved with this because you know I, I told a girl today she's a junior up there she's had her first two games here you know she's talking about the game and such and i said you know too soon it's going to be too late you got to figure out what you're going to do here and there's, there's not going to be tomorrow you got four years to wear a charlestown uniform make the most of it yeah, great point. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, other local topics we've got to include today. New Albany football winning their first sectional championship in 19 years. New Albany was the big favorite over Seymour. They handled them in the regular season. I think they were close to a running clock a couple times in that win in the regular season over Seymour. So you would think New Albany could come in and maybe control this ball game and should win it by, what, two, three touchdowns at minimum? And it was anything but that. In fact, Seymour struck first. Uh, Seymour really had control as far as the scoreboard goes. Most, if not all of the game it was New Albany who uh, with some luck there at the end able to score and make a two-point conversion or get the two-point conversion in uh, to win the game in thrilling fashion it was a chilly night a cold night but a great turnout for football at New Albany which is not something that we've always seen over the years and uh, what an exciting finish New Albany the only local team in a sectional championship game and the only local team that will move on to the regional round of high school football. You know, congratulations to the Bulldogs. Uh, coach Cooley's been around, a veteran coach. You know, I thought, think I saw somewhere he was maybe 28th in all-time active coaching leader in wins. So, you know, coach has been in some battles. Um, when you're in the tournament, that's what so many coaches say. You know, it's a new season. Everybody starts out 0-0, and you're, you're surviving advance. You're winning, the, you're winning the next game. That's what makes the high school and the college tournament so special is you don't have to be the best team Matt. you just have to be the best team that night if you can put it together you know for four quarters and win the game you know Seymour came in and they obviously had a game plan that they followed they looked at the tape they looked at the last time they played them they made adjustments uh New Albany did the same thing they managed to uh, come out on top so you know that that's what makes it fun on that one you know good luck to the Bulldogs 
as they are the lone representative of Southern Indiana here, and hopefully they can uh, put some things together and come out victorious this weekend as well. Chad Gilbert talking local sports. He's with me Mondays on the program. Uh, College Hoops begins tomorrow. We've talked about that from an IU perspective already. The Hoosiers will host Eastern Michigan. Uh, Look forward to Michigan State uh, taking on Kansas. That's a big national-level game on Tuesday. There's some other ones as well. Bellarmine at Purdue Tuesday. I know you'll like uh, that and to pay attention to Coach Davenport's nights as they uh, embark on what's just an unbelievably tough uh, schedule for them. But uh, you had a little taste of college hoops over the weekend. Uh, You got to go see your alma mater, USI. They played down at Auburn in an exhibition a game. And, of course, the connection there is Auburn coach Bruce Pearl used to be the coach at USI uh, when you were there. And, of course, you had lots of success, including a national championship at the Division II level. A little bit about your experience. You kind of got to go inside the Auburn program for the weekend. Well, Matt, you know, first of all, it, it, it's so exciting. You talked about college basketball. Again, that's goosebumps on your arms. It's like Christmas time. And when you talk, you see the matchups that are going, you know, Purdue and Bellarmine, I mean, watch that game. You know, there's a lot of interest in there with uh, some Southern Indiana kids. And anytime Coach Davenport's involved in something, he's going to have a few wrinkles up his sleeve as they embark in their second year of Division One basketball. But we were able to have an opportunity to get down to uh, Auburn, which, by the way, is a beautiful campus. If you've never had the opportunity, Matt, you know, it's worth a weekend to go down there and check it out. And it's changed so much. We were down there eight years ago. It's changed so much in eight years. And I think the thing that stood out for me the most, well, before we get into basketball, is B.J. McAllister told me one time he was talking to a college coach, and they were just changing the, uh, the murals on the walls, taking things down, putting things up. And he said, you know, how much does that stuff cost? He said, it doesn't matter. It's an arms race. It's like an arms race. You know, you're trying to do the outdo the person who you're competing against to get that player. You know, I thought about that and looking at everything that Auburn had, how nice it is. It is an arms race. And that's trickled down to high schools, you know, where you're right now, you're competing. Schools are competing to get not student athletes, but students. They're wanting nice facilities. They're wanting to show off their facilities to have that. You know, it, it's an arm race for schools now to try to have the nicest facilities. We're we're currently putting in a turf softball field, a turf baseball field, in the hopes that we attract students to our school and they get to see what kind of education Charlestown High School has to offer. And that's what the same thing with Auburn, what they do with that. But going to the game, you know, a great opportunity. Amy and I walked in and I said, Amy, you got to remember, Coach Pearl's one double dribble away if they call a double dribble against virginia away you know from playing for a national championship well we walk in and we're able to watch him do his thing on the court and you see why matt i mean a remarkable coach outstanding when we played for him you know we could out talent about everybody we had and he was good enough to get out of the way and some things he put us in a position to succeed he he's showcased our strength, hit our weaknesses. But now, Matt, just an unbelievable coach. And that says something about him and his work ethic. He's done this now, you know, 25 years. He's gotten million-dollar contracts. But in his mind, he's never satisfied. He's never arrived. He's continued to work and be a better coach. And, Matt, right now I put him as as a top-five coach in America. Just the way he communicates with players, the way he – 
gets his point across, the excitement he brings, the energy level he brings. He said, you know, what's the biggest difference between when I coach you now and when I, and the way it, when I coach you at USI and what it is now? I said, Coach, there's no difference. You're, you won a national championship with us, and you're going to win a national championship here at Auburn. And I, and I totally believe that one. Able to watch Coach Gerard. And Coach Gerard, Stanley Gerard, is an outstanding coach. He will have Southern Indiana contending for a national championship as well. The biggest difference between the two, athleticism and height. You know, they're – Auburn has big, long, strong kids that are, you know, they're dunking the ball behind their head, just turning, squatting down in front of the goal, where USI's kids aren't quite as long, aren't quite as athletic, where they have to have, you know, maybe a running start to get one or two steps to get a dunk down. That's the quickness. That's the explosive. That's the thing that separates the two. Skill-wise, pass, shoot, and dribble, I'm, I'm not sure USI's not a better uh, pass, shoot, and dribble team. However, Auburn has all the material, all the players, all the staff, all the resources to win a national championship within the next couple of years, and I, and I truly believe they will. Same thing with Southern Indiana. If you look at their stadium, you look at Coach Gerardo, look at their players, I truly believe Southern Indiana will compete for a national championship within the next three four years as well. So it's it's an exciting time. I'm proud of those guys. Stanley was my teammate at USI. Coach Pearl was our coach. You couldn't you couldn't be happier for two guys. You know that that you you kind of cut your teeth with, and you were able to see the success that they've had. And they're the same guys. You know they're the same guys that they were in 1995 as they are now. So we were able to spend some time off the court, go to coaches' locker room, go to the um, um, the, the the players' locker rooms, the practice facilities. You know just able to spend time on campus and spend time together. And that's what it's all about, Matt. You know, we talked about the success we've had at Southern Indiana. The big success that we had was our friendships and relationships we made with, with one another. We just picked up like we'd never, we never left. And that's, that's the sign of you got something special. And I hope that other kids are able to have that as well. Chad, isn't USI exploring the possibility of a move to division one in future years? You know, if you've ever been down there and you've seen the new stadium that they've built, you don't build that to stay in the GLBC. The GLBC is an outstanding league, but you think of the people who have been in the GLBC, whether it's Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, IUPUI. Uh, we played Oakland whenever I was there. Uh, Northern Kentucky, Bellarmine. You know, all of those guys have went the Division One route. I would think the Division One route that is something that they are definitely exploring now, and I would think that was something that you would see in the near future at Southern Indiana. And I hope Stanley gets a Division two national championship before he has the opportunity to compete for Division one. Chad Gilbert, my guest, we talk local sports on Monday. Chad, I'd be remiss as we close out today if we didn't talk about the start of girls basketball. We had our first games last week and a pretty heavy slate over the weekend. Silver Creek, the defending champion in 3A, they're kind of at the top of the pack right now as far as local teams to watch. But going to be interesting here in these opening weeks of the season when the girls have the full platform as far as games go to see who jumps out early as contenders in our area it is a great time Matt the girls have the stage right now uh you know as an athletic director we schedule Thursday Saturdays Tuesdays just so uh, the girls can get this opportunity to be the, the one who are showcased as you know with football games on Friday we try to stay away from those whether teams would advance but our girls uh 
and when I say our girls, I talk about the girls in the state. This is their opportunity to show, hey, we can play too. And girls basketball is outstanding. It's something that if you're a basketball fan, you get an opportunity before girls see a boys season start, check out a girls game because I think you'll enjoy the effort, the intensity, and the skill set that these kids have to go on with their athleticism. It was a lot of fun coaching those girls. And I, uh, best of luck to all the teams in Southern Indiana this year as well. All right, Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. Chad's the athletic director at Charlestown. Also on the IHSA executive board, Chad, as always, thanks for the chat. Matt, appreciate everything you do for Southern Indiana sports. Thanks for the run and Good luck this season. Absolutely. Thank you, Chad Gilbert, my guest. And that's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the program. If you missed the live show, you can always check us out as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcast and wherever you may listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We'll be back with you Tuesday. Lots coming your way this week. Just an absolutely loaded week to join the show. We'll talk with you then here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.